Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews, and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed, plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast, so please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe, and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. Hey class, welcome to part one of our interview with Roger Miller on the power of using improv and creativity in your trade show booth to take your show to the next level. Let's do it. Welcome to Trade Show University, the ultimate resource for marketers, planners, and business owners looking to create results, increase revenue, and maximize their ROI for upcoming trade shows. We'll help you navigate the complexities of trade shows, set the right goals, find true success, and get the most out of each experience for you and your team. It's time to get your PhD in ROI with your host, the man with over 25 years of trade show experience, Jim Cermak. Hi, welcome to Trade Show University. I am your host and professor, Jim Cermak, and I want to welcome everybody. This is going to be a really, really special episode. I want to welcome everyone to 2020. We're now into the new year. I can't believe 2020 just seems like that always seems so far away, but now we're now it's here. And I hope you made through the holiday season in one piece and are focused and really ready to go for this year. You know, New Year's is all about resolutions, right? And it's setting goals and doing some new things to get some different results. You know, one of the resolutions I want you to set for this new year, I want you to do some new things in your trade show booth. Do some new things as you're getting ready for your next expos, your next trade shows. You know, it's time to raise the bar. It's time to expect better results, time to take your company to that next level. And that's what resolutions are all about, making those new results. And you know what? That really means you have to be creative. And that's why I have the perfect guest joining us today. And I'm so excited to introduce you to uh, Roger Miller. Roger is going to bring to class some energy. He's going to be talking about how and why we need to incorporate improv and creativity into our trade shows. You know, growing up, Roger was always creative, but he heard the term starving artist at some point, and I, I remember hearing that growing up, you know, but it was the starving part of starving artist that frightened Roger. He didn't That's want right. that part. He didn't want that part. <laughs> so as he was getting to college, he did not pursue art as his major, which I think was his first inclination, but the creativity remains a constant passion of his. He discovered early on that a right-brained artist in a left-brained world certainly has its advantages. You know, Roger's unique experiences and business perspectives have been featured in newspapers, magazines, television, and most recently with thousands of viewers on YouTube and his Facebook live stream series, Tuesday at 7. So everybody, welcome Roger Miller to Trade Show University. Welcome, Roger. Hey, thank you, Jim. Glad to be here tonight. I'm excited to uh, share some of my experience to have a what I expect is probably going to be a lively conversation <laughs> and, and, and probably go some places that neither you or I expected in the, in the interview. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I am, I'm excited because 
Roger, you and I have known each other for several years, and it's always we always have great conversations. And like you said, our conversations will start in one place and go way in a different direction. <laughs> and so that's why I'm really excited for us and for our and for the audience today to hear where this is all going to go. But uh, if you could uh, start off by just giving people a little bit of a background of of who you are and maybe some experience you've had uh, relating to trade shows. Yeah. So I think based upon the introduction, Jim, you had mentioned that I'm a, a right brain guy in a left brain world. And, and I think that's certainly the, the case. I work in medical insurance and medical insurance is certainly a, a left brain world. Uh, when it comes down to underwriting, making decisions for, uh, along with companies and individuals, that's, uh, that feels very left brained. And I like Not to take the most it, uh, creative. To, not the most Not creative, the most, but what I, what no. I would think of as a creative field. No, no. But what I've done is, I think I've t- kind of taken a, a little bit of a different approach in the insurance area. And, and I think that the folks who are around me would say, oh, yeah, th- yeah it's very different than most, most folks. But the insurance piece is what helps pay the bills. And, and certainly what my experience has been for, uh, for many years but what I find is really the opportunity to maybe harness creativity, to have some fun with some improvisation is sometimes outside of that, outside of the normal workday, both with some live streaming and with some of the, I might say, professional hobbies that I've had over the years. Excellent. Before we really dive deep into uh, yeah. into into the topic, uh, uh, yeah, what is some of your experience related to trade shows? Just to give people an understanding of, uh, you know, Roger knows shows. Yeah. Uh, so have been involved in several shows just on the in- insurance side of things, right? And those are typically you pull in, you set up a table, you lift up your display. You have your cards out, you hand over brochures and, and such, and you, you talk about your product or perhaps what you do a little bit differently. Um, how I presented those trade shows is very different, and I think if folks saw me out on the floor, they'd know exactly what I was talking about. But where probably some of the excitement comes in is when I had talked about before, just kind of that professional hobby. Um, I'm a special effects makeup artist. I've also been involved in some experiential shows. Experiential shows right now are, they could be medieval fantasy fairs. They could be escape shows. I was actually at a show last night that I'll be interviewing here in the next, uh, the next few weeks on my live stream, Kringle, which is an experience show at Christmas time. And so those things wrapped up have, uh, have really provided me some opportunity to, to get out with some right brain people. Uh, at trade nice. shows as well, and and yeah, and that's uh, and that's that's everywhere from stilted creatures that are iconic characters for for large shows, for parades, for entertainment. There's if if you kind of would throw anything into an entertainment area, that's uh, those are also trade shows that I've been involved in over the years. Excellent, and I. And I'm going to have to, we're going to have to put some links into, onto the website and Facebook because folks, what Roger's talking about with the, with the special effects, uh, makeup artist, he does unreal work. (laughs) It just, it's just amazing. You got to see it to believe it. So we'll make sure that uh, we put some links out there so people could see what you have done. 
So once you give us some tips, give uh, what would you do uh, differently? What what are things that people should they be doing a little bit differently? Maybe some things that they could try out to create some new experiences at their booths. Give give some some tips, some pointers on on things that people could do differently. Yeah, if my experience has been kind of across the, the board, and and I might suggest that. The trade shows I've been in are high are highly creative, very lively in terms of the experiential shows and the special uh, effects makeup and movie makers. That might be that one side to a very conservative side, which is medical insurance for groups and brokers and and such. Um, I would say experiencing them both. I'm not talking for one or two years, but for decades, experiencing them both the energy, the creativity, the engagement, the photos, the live streaming, the memorable moments tend to be on the creative side. So if you happen to be in a business that might benefit from swinging to that creative side, I think, uh, I think to do some, some memorable things that way. Um, and maybe, maybe folks might, I'm, I'm trying to think of, if I could come up with uh, a few a few ideas here of how you might relate. Okay, insurance and creativity. Okay, I've, I've got one. Think of insurance. Do any insurance uh, characters come to mind? Oh, recently. Yeah, yeah. Progress- flow. Flow. Okay, yeah. so is, is flow, so Jim, I'm going to ask you a question. Is flow on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, where would you place flow in terms of a memorable, iconic character. Well, it's just because I've seen her so much over the years. Mm-hmm. Super memorable. Yeah. Super, super memorable. Okay. So if you were to place her super memorable, what, what would that be? Uh, I don't want to lead oh. you anywhere. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'll say a nine. How about a nine? A nine. Okay. What about Allstate? And it's the one guy who plays Mayhem. Yeah. So the guy who plays Mayhem, right? He's, uh, mm-hmm. I see those, those are both iconic characters. And so if you can bring some of that into your creativity, if folks can use some memorable things in, in selling their products. And, uh, and I would say to, to work towards, to work towards some of that. Now, obviously not everybody can say, well, we're going to come up with one of these iconic characters, you know? So, so what do we do in the middle? And what I would say is, man, if, if any way you could harness something creative, something that's memorable, I would certainly try to push in that direction. The other thing that I'm a huge advocate for is the art of improvisation. And whether you can whether there is a, a unique opportunity to engage your audience with a memorable character, or whether there's just an opportunity to bring your same group out on a trade show floor and and be memorable with uh, with their engagements with the people around them, I think that that's probably you know certainly would be would be my goal. Um, first of all, work with the staff, train them uh, in some of those tenets of improv, and perhaps at one point get to the maybe the goal of creating a memorable, iconic character that goes along with your brand. Okay, yeah, I see. And, and when, when you start talking about uh, the insurance characters, Flo and Mayhem, 
very memorable, but for completely different reasons. And I mean, Flo, when I remember when Flo first came out, I was kind of like, okay, she's uh, cutesy, you know, whimsical, kind of fun, kind of casual. But for me, it didn't really play into it, but just became part of the brand. The more I saw her, the more different, uh, different experiences uh, with her. But Mayhem was completely different because yeah. Mayhem was, oh my gosh, that tied directly to. Uh, you know, the fear aspect of don't let this happen. You've got to have insurance. But they made it humorous. They made it very memorable and uh, put these very, very real life things that you could say, oh, my gosh, that could definitely happen to me. That could definitely ha- happen. Uh, in As I was going down the road last week, I, I could definitely see, you know, someone's banner coming off their car and hitting my windshield and I get into an accident. You know, things that are uh that's where where I could see mayhem. So so you're saying, you know, really be creative. Think about your brand. Think about your your image as a company. And what kind of what are the what are the things that you want people to take away from that from your brand? And then uh, try to create something memorable, an experience or a character around that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I would say flow is good. I would say mayhem is great because most folks are looking to flip the channel when they hear an advertisement. And, but for Allstate, when you get to mayhem, you lean in. Because, first of all, to play upon that comedic thing, I mean, I, and I think one of the more recent ones that I saw was he was playing mayhem, but he was the cat who just batted on the, uh, the sink or the oh, faucet yeah. on the sink <laughs> yes. and flood, flooded out the house, right? And so... All of us probably know of somebody whose house got flooded or the dishwasher overflew or the, the hose broke on the washing machine. And, uh, and, and we can relate to those things. So, so let, let's say this, right? So we understand that concept of mayhem. But what if, what if you, that you could bring that same type of creativity out to the show floor? And that's what I'm talking about is – okay. Um, if folks are walking down a trade show uh, hallway and, I don't know, maybe there's hundreds of exhibitors, they're, they're either looking for something specific, but if you're looking to draw them in, you have to do it creatively. Um, otherwise, they're just going to strut right on by your, your booth and maybe take a, a bouncy ball or some type of giveaway, stuff it in their bag and keep moving. <laughs> yeah. Right? And, that, and what we want to do is we want to stop them in their tracks we want to go, no, no, no. I mean, we want to engage them in that conversation. And so it's the characterization, which I believe captures attention. And then it's, and, and I don't even call them your sales people or your marketing or your, your numbers people. I would call them your cast, your cast of, 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 folks, of folks that work there for your business. I actually consider business more of a theater then I would consider it maybe kind of the traditional, oh, we sell stuff. Because if we just sell stuff, people will come to us when they absolutely need to. But I think uh, businesses that do well as theater actually engage people even when they don't need us. And, and, and perhaps we're creating a want or desire by doing so. Fantastic. This is, this is great stuff. It's getting deep. And I want you to expand on that a little bit more. Yeah. But I want you to expand a little bit more on, you know, taking the idea of, you know, say, say you come up with an idea and we'll just use mayhem because we've been talking about mayhem, but come up with that idea as, as a team before the show. Now, how do we take that and put that into play to create that experience? What would you say? 
if we were all state, right, and we were in a boring insurance trade show floor, and let's say let's say that um, folks sat around and they're like, hey, what if we personified mayhem or fear or or whatever? You know, I I think that whole that whole idea is it is a phenomenal idea. But I don't think it's so far out of reach that you have to pay people millions of dollars to come up with something memorable. I think if you, and when people sit down and, and I don't even want to, I mean, brainstorming is such an old, worn out topic, but I think it's descriptive in what do we sit, what do we sit down? When do people need us? And, and how can we capture people's attention, play potentially upon their fears? Because perhaps it's, perhaps they're, their need is fear-based. And I mean, insurance is fear-based. I mean, we, we don't buy insurance sure. when we're doing well. We'll buy insurance for when things go bad. And if you're selling other products, what is it that you're playing upon? Is it a desire? Is it a fear? And, and to kind of play with that and, and, and push it. Um, I would say that would also be part of your giveaways or part of your advertisement or part of your wow factor. So when folks are, again, strolling down the middle of the floor and they're walking past hundreds of folks, what's actually capturing their attention? And I mean, we've all even walked past like the auto show, right? Which is a trade show. And I would imagine that there's people there that say, man, if somebody just sits in our car, they'll be one step closer to buying it. And then you got another one and go, well, you know what? It's not just about sitting in your car because anybody could sit in a car at a trade show, but it's sitting in your car and then driving that car. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think about it's regardless of what it is that you're selling, but how could you take it to the next level? And I think that's where ideas, really creative ideas can take it to, uh, to an extreme. I was uh, joined um, a guy that I work with. It was lunchtime, and he said, hey, are you interested in running downtown with me? And I was like, okay, so for what? And he goes, well, BMW has this promotion where you can get behind the car and race it around Brook Lakefront Airport. And he goes, so it's, it's just free. It'll, they'll give you lunch, and it's a chance to race their cars. And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. What a phenomenal experience. And whether it's a promotion down at, at Brook Lakefront Airport in downtown Cleveland, whether it's trying to personify fear or mayhem at an insurance trade show or whether it's trying to capture the attention of folks at a special effects and movie making trade show it's it's grabbing attention and then drawing them in so again the drawing the attention i think is step one is it's how how do we actually get people to stop and then step two is how do we engage them and so i think that's probably if folks were to say all right, what's the, the one and the two? It's, well, let's take a look at capturing their attention. Number two, let's take a look at engaging those folks. And that's where I start talking about business as theater, and I start, start talking about engagement or improvisation as that next step. Again, bringing that right-brained, artistic, creative side to maybe a left-brained world. Now, what I would say is this, is if you're in a creative field and you've got a whole floor full of creative people, your job's probably harder because you're trying to stand out from a field of creatives. But if you happen to be in a left-brained trade show world, to stand out as a creative is, is easier just because of, of the, the pack that, you're, that you happen to be running with. Does that make sense, Jim? Absolutely. Sure. It makes perfect sense. You're standing out. You are, yeah. you are now the – you're so different from everybody else. 
instead of uh, in a suit now all of a sudden maybe there's characters there's some sort of experience you're you're you really like you said you're drawing attention to your booth to your your company and then you engage those people as they go by it's not just letting them walk by it's just just great stuff you mentioned um improv yeah and that's something that for me i i mean i I like having fun and I, I think I'm fairly creative. I'm not near as creative as you, that's for sure. However, I'm sure you are. But the just the thought of improv frightens me. You know, uh, just that that concept of of having to come up with something off of off the cuff. But then the more I thought about it, it's like it's that that's what we do every day. That's life. You put you get put into situations every single day that you're that are brand new to you and we react in some way. You know. But on the show floor, it has to have a purpose. So are there some, some tips, some resources that you can uh, share with uh, how, how does someone get better at improv? Yeah, great question. And, and I think when people think about improv, I think the first thing that comes to mind if you're, I don't know, maybe in your mid uh, mid-30s or up, people, when they think of improv, they may think of Drew Carey's Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yes, because love that. that was a yeah, that was that was improv on prime time. And if folks are familiar with that, and if you're not familiar with it, take a look at the uh, whose line is it anyways, and just pull up it on just pull it up on YouTube and take a look at that. But that was a show that brought out the stage, and it would bring three or four comedians, typically comedians, out on stage, and they would uh, they had a bunch of different different skits, I guess is is the way to put it, but. One of the improv challenges was to hand these comedians a bunch of props. And they and all of a sudden they'd step forward to be handed a prop and then they had to act out with that prop. There was another one where they would call out to the audience and Drew Carey would say, Okay, we need a music uh, style, and somebody might say it's rap. And then they would ask for an artist and they might say John Bon Jovi, and then they go, Okay, and, and what's the name of the song? And Someone would scream it out, and what they would do is have to create a song on the fly using those components. And I remember watching that, and I think a lot of folks watch that. And, and, they, and the question that we have is, first of all, this is too good to be improvised. It feels rehearsed. And how could folks really be that off-the-fly, that witty, that prepared to respond and uh, it just seems too good to be true. And so I, I think a lot of folks think that way. It, it, and so I, I want to package that as probably where people think improv is at, just because that's, that is maybe the, the more popular exposure, you know, mainstream is exposure and it's a comic improv. What I'm not talking about is comic improv. I'm talking about taking a look at, and, and I had mentioned it before, and, and you're probably going to hear it embedded into my speech, and that's uh, business as theater. And traditional theater, and so if you, if you buy a ticket and you go to the show, traditional theater is where you have a cast, and your cast plays certain roles, and in those certain roles, they, play, they have certain lines, and at certain times, they deliver certain words and certain actions, and, and, the, and up on stage, the, pl the play goes on. And in traditional theater... Outside of just perhaps a pause or a maybe a pause is probably, is probably the, the, the most improv that traditional theater has, that there's a fourth wall that separates 
the cast or the actors from the audience. And so traditional theater has this fourth wall. Well, improv, what improv does and what's, what's necessary for improv is that fourth wall, the imaginary wall that separates the, the audience from the actors is removed. And as a matter of fact, in improv, you have to break that fourth wall at all times. And so when I talk about business as theater, I think that there should be certain roles. I think that if you're, if you're selling if you're selling something, I think that if you're in a service world, I think that if you're at a trade show and you're delivering something, that there there should be roles. But the important part is that that you engage your audience in a trade show that would be your attendees and that you engage them in an improv improv fashion. And, and what I mean is by improv is this, and, and I break it into to three three different steps. I, I consider improv that there's three steps to it. Stage, go, and engage. Stage would be, and, and I think in a creative situation, that a stage is you're playing a role. And, and I think uh, people are probably expected to dress a certain way. I think if you're going to be eye-catching, that there should be somebody there that's, that stands out from the rest. But your stage is, is where you're seen and, and your your, your staff, your character is, uh, you want them to be seen. And that's, I'm going to go back to mayhem. So if you happen to have a mayhem character on, in a, in a, on a boring insurance floor, you'd want mayhem to be seen. You want that character. And so you might rise them up a few feet, right? So if there's a big crowd around that many people could see mayhem. Mm -hmm. uh, so stage, I talked about go, and I think that in improv, again, this is not traditional theater. This is improvisation. They have to break that fourth wall, and your staff, your character, your business has to go and uh, break that fourth wall. Now, go is probably the easiest piece. So, I mean, people could spend a whole lot of time planning out the stage. What's it going to look like? How's it, how are we going to present? When people see, can people see us from afar? Can they see us from up close? The stage is a, is a planning, is probably one of the largest plannings. The go is, I, I think it's pretty simple, right? I'm going to go. And so mayhem has to come off the stage down or your cast, your, your, your crew has to actually leave their space to approach the, the folks that are attending. That's easy. But with stage and go, the, uh, the very last piece that I consider an improv is when you go, what, uh, what I work with folks to, to train them on is to look and listen. Look and listen. So uh, stage, go, and when you go, you look and listen. And by doing so, your audience will cue that next response. And that's where engagement occurs. And that engagement is where that improvisation takes place. That engagement is where a company separates themselves from others. That engagement is where services and products are remembered. Excellent. You know, this is, this goes back to if, if someone's been following and listening along at the, the Trade Show University episodes, you know, I talked about having a booth flow and that that takes prior planning. And that's kind of the stage part of, of what Roger's talking about is that you've got to have a plan. It's not just totally random. Just like you said, the uh, the guys on whose line is it anyway, that's 
that is not totally random. I mean, it is. Their responses are, but it's it's a lot of training, a lot of planning over time. They don't just pick four people out of the audience and say, "Okay, go make everybody laugh." <laughs> you know, this is yeah. it is it is that whole stage part of it, and then then that go is really you know creating that uh, that attention, that that looking and and listening and and getting things to to feed off of to fuel what your response and that engagement is going to be. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So so what I want to do is I'm gonna I want to bring it to another example, and I think this this example might help folks understand it if they're not already catching it now. And that is, if you think about uh, colleges today and, and probably what this younger generation is facing, and that is they're going, they're receiving an education, and then after graduating, they're kind of thrown out into the world and, and we parents are, are telling our kids, now go get a job. And they're like, okay, so how do I do that? And uh, like this trade show, we tell them, well, what's your stage? What is it that you do out in social media? And Jim, with your trade show university, this is a stage to deliver something that's unique. But the improv with, let's say, college students would say, okay, let's, uh, what's your stage? I mean, you're, you're delivering resumes. You're talking about what you do differently, what you do well. And going might be to put an application to go into a place of employment and talking to a manager, right? But the engage is what we do to be remembered. It might be the follow-up. And, and it might even be at the, at the point of the job interview where we, we want to train our kids about, well, what are the commonly asked questions for job interviews? If, if we train our kids to know what those common questions are, then they'll be prepared to respond to those questions, right? The better right. they are, in, the better that they're trained to respond to the questions, what, what naturally happens is, is they become prepared to respond to the unexpected questions. All right, class, we're going to stop the interview right here. This is going to be the end of part one of the interview. Please tune into the very next episode for part two as Roger continues to dive in and go even deeper and give us very, very specific exercises. Oh, powerful, powerful stuff that you can make a difference at your next show and really talk more about the power of improv, the power of creativity at your next trade show. So please take a minute. Go out to our social media. If you haven't already liked us on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, find us there. Leave me a note. Let me know. What are you doing? Are you using any sort of, of improv at your trade show booths? What are you doing to be creative? Or if you have a question and there's some things you really want to know about, how can I be more creative in my specific space? Send me a question. And oh my gosh, really, really excited to hear from you and have you hear part two of this interview. And also at any time, go to our website at tradeshowu.biz. That's tradeshow, the letter U dot B-I-Z. If you have found value in this, please leave me a rating or review and subscribe so that you automatically will get that next episode sent to you as soon as it drops. And I am so excited. Again, thank you for, for tuning in. Remember to tune in next time. Class dismissed. We've come to the end of this class here at Trade Show University, but we encourage you to never stop learning. We have plenty more resources and information available on our website, tradeshowu.biz. 
Be sure to sign up for our mailing list for exclusive insights and information to help you get your PhD in ROI. You'll find all this and more at tradeshowu.biz. Until next time, class dismissed.